0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Incoming presidential administrations have no dearth of advice. The American Council for Technology Industry Advisory Group, better known as ACT-IAC, wants the next administration to take advantage of data-driven technology innovations to take government service delivery to the next level. It's published what it calls Agenda 2021, detailing these ideas. For more, we turn to ACT-IAC CEO Dave Wennergren. Dave, good to have you on.
2: Great to be with you, Tom.
1: And the leader of its presidential election project, the MITRE Corporation's Jim Cook. Jim, good to have you back.
0: Good morning, Tom. Thanks for having me back.
1: So my first question is, how can act IAX advice get through, even, given all of the organizations and the interest groups and the industries that flood around incoming administrations?
2: <laughs> You're right. Everyone in town has an opinion when it comes to elections, and uh, and we're no exception to that. I do feel, though, that our unique position, having thousands of industry executives and thousands of government executives actively involved in our organization, gives us the ability to send a message out to a number of people, and that's probably an important place to start, in that our work is not just for the candidates themselves, and is not just for the incoming political appointees, although they are a key audience for us, but it's also for the government executives the career executives that have to navigate through transition as well as the broader industry base and all the rest of the folks that are involved in the federal market. And so regardless of outcome from an election, whether it's a second term for President Trump or a new administration for President Biden, you know, there are crucial initiatives that must continue on regardless of the change. And when new people show up, they tend to want to do their new things. And They need to have that space, but they also need to have pertinent advice on what are the issues that sort of transcend politics. And regardless of a party, there are certain key things we need to continue, certain things we should stop, and then a bunch of new stuff that we need to get moving on.
1: All right. And Jim, tell us the methodology by which you came up with the recommendations, which we'll discuss in a moment. But how did you get there?
0: Sure. Thanks, Tom. Well, it started with, first of all, the development of what we refer to as the capstone paper, which I think I'd spoken with you and your audience before about when we released that in uh, late July, uh, Delivering Outcomes, Building Trust. And that was really a collaborative effort with eight senior individuals, many of whom are known to your audience, who have served a number of different administrations, both Republican and Democratic People like Alan Balutis, Dan Chenock, Robert Shea, Casey Coleman, Kathy Conrad, Mark Foreman, Dave McClure, Richard Spires. So they came up with a content in the capstone paper to think about this problem a bit more strategically. And in that paper, we identified three areas in which we felt collectively that delivering better outcomes would help serve the public and also build trust in government. Those three topics were improving customer experience and transforming service delivery, transforming infrastructure and managing risk, and accelerating agility in government. And as you can imagine, these are actually quite interrelated. And then in terms of the methodology, where we ended up going after that, after that first paper was developed, was that sub-teams were formed amongst the steering committee that I just mentioned, and they engaged experts from the ACT act community, from the communities of interest, to help develop the content for these three papers, which we've just released this week, on each one of those three topics. So it was really a collaborative effort, but it was driven largely by the talent and experience and insight of those eight people that I mentioned who have served both in government and in
1: the private sector. And I guess we should point out that ACT-IAC, by the way, its very nature is formed as an organization. You could draw on not just industry, but also government and industry in equal numbers and at equal equivalent ranks almost.
0: That's correct. That's right.
1: All right. And how will this information, how will this type of advice get to the eyes of the people that you hope to see it, the incoming teams, whoever they might be?
2: Well, in one sense, by talking to esteemed individuals like yourself and helping to get the word out, or at least but we individuals, do a number of other things. So of course, we have provided all of our content to both parties, both campaign teams. And so that's the initial foray. But the real play, I think, is over the year ahead, because again, regardless of election outcome, there will be a huge transition, huge turnover of people. You've already seen the federal CIOs who's at Canada left. Lots of people go regardless of the election outcome and get replaced. And that replacement takes place over months and months and months. And so you have a number of career executives who have to sort of manage that space and then the eventual incoming of new and, and more political appointees. And so what we imagine is that there's a continuing dialogue that takes place through a series of papers and events and engagements broadly across the community to help make sure that these messages are resonating as people come on board.
1: We're speaking with Dave Wenigren. He's the CEO of ACT-IAC and with Jim Cook, the project leader of the ACT-IAC Presidential Election Project. And Jim, what are some of the specific things that you are saying that need to be moved along a little bit? Because all of these areas, customer experience, infrastructure, updating, and risk management and agility, are on the agenda and have been really since a couple of administrations. What will move this forward?
0: So there's a- few things. Each of these topics actually has a separate set of recommendations, five per topic. So rather than trying to go through that list, I would highlight a couple of things that I think are key takeaways from this. First of all, while technology is an important aspect in all three cases, the technology itself largely exists. And in each case, in each paper, we've identified progress that's already been made and some examples where the things that are being recommended are being done. But I would say that there's a couple of areas where more can be done to accelerate the progress. One is in the area of policy. In one paper, there's an interesting story about some agencies that really tackled some aspects of the pandemic response. And in each case, it was policy changes that needed to be made in order to quickly, in order for them to be able to do the things that they needed to do. So, for instance, policy changes were enacted quickly. To allow agencies to accept digital signatures and to use secure email to submit documents needed to obtain services. So now that that's been done, one of the recommendations is just keep those changes in place. Why go back to where we were when in fact what this situation has revealed is that the policies themselves can be the barriers. Another thing that will help accelerate progress in several of these areas, especially in agile government and customer experience, is to embed goals and measures for customer experience and improving customer experience in performance metrics at all levels of the organization. Oftentimes, in the case of customer experience, we confuse customer experience with customer service. But everybody in an agency actually contributes to the customer experience. The person designing the application they think about how that application is going to be used both internally and externally, they're contributing to the customer experience. And so customer experience is an agency enterprise wide responsibility. Agility is an agency enterprise wide responsibility at all levels. So embed those kind of metrics in people's performance measures recognize and reward people that contribute in significant and positive ways, that'll help accelerate progress because there is a cultural dimension to this as well. So those are some examples of some things that are addressed throughout the recommendations or common themes and threads that run throughout many of the recommendations in all three of these reports.
1: A couple of things that happened in the last few days or a couple of weeks strike me as really having relevance here. One is the new cohort of presidential innovation fellows has just been fielded within the last couple of days. So they're going to hit the ground just as the administration changes, by the way, they find their way around their agencies and get to work. So there could be some policy change perhaps and some performance metrics that they will deal with and could be even more effective. And you can tell me if you agree. Secondly, a report came from Forrester, which ranks customer experience at the federal level a tiny bit higher than the year before, but way below industry and having a long way to go with a big range from fair to lousy. So it seems like the timing is really good for giving this a little bit of a slingshot
2: effect. Dave? Dave? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, if you think about it, the, these underlying issues that are in the capstone paper about how if we focus on outcomes, we will have a far better conversation, right? Because we so often get liquored up about the shiny object of the IT system rather than the outcome that's going to be achieved. And trust has been declining across our society and with government for years and years. And as Jim pointed out, there's this interdependency about the more closely you engage with your customers, the more you're helping to build that trust, the more you're focusing on the outcomes that matter. And so there is a really super synergy here. And the customer experience thing has to be addressed. And you're right. Any organizational group, the innovation fellows, you know, the career executives, the incoming politicals, everyone has to help pull together here. And there are so many opportunities as we, as we address this sort of post-pandemic new normal that we face. You know, if anything, it speaks to this acceleration of the use of technology in our life, the imperative for digital transformation, the need to do more with IT modernization than just do the infrastructure, but also address the legacy systems, new cybersecurity approaches, a greater use of data. And, you know, if you summarize that all together, it's this move with speed, move with agility and be focused on resiliency.
1: And Jim, will you stick with the project, even though it's officially over and you go back to MITRE? Are you going to keep your eye on this one?
0: Yes, I am. I fully intend to. uh, This project in the ACTIAC community is being led by the Institute for Innovation, and I serve as the chair this year for that institute, so I fully expect and intend to continue with the team throughout the remainder of this year and hopefully have opportunities to engage with people currently in government and those that may enter into government after the election to work with folks to understand how to adopt some of these recommendations and build off of the progress that's already being made in many of these areas.
2: I'm so glad that that's what Jim said, because we have many miles to go before we sleep, and I'm delighted to be on this journey with
1: him. All right. Dave Wennergren is CEO of act Jim Cook is vice president for strategic engagement at MITRE Corporation and project leader of the act presidential election project. Thanks to you both.
0: Great to be Thank with you, you, Tom. Great to be with you. Thank you.
1: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive, along with links to all of the group's output. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.
2: This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else.